if we think we have the resources to handle something, it's a challenge. If we don't have the resources to handle it, it becomes a threat. Welcome to the 45th episode of the Leader Rising podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanis. Ultimately, we believe in authenticity and belonging. We're here for those of us who want to be ourselves. And not the version of ourselves that's been created as we try to fit ourselves into other boxes, but actually who we are when we are free to express ourselves and creating a space in a community where we belong for dreamers and fighters and lovers and writers and parents and students of life. We're here. I've got an interesting relationship with my inner mind. So I was accredited as a level one ski instructor and I had to take that test twice. I remember the first time I took it, it was a, I forget, I think it might have been a five-day, three or five-day test. So it was pretty involved. Uh, they walk, they assess your skiing, they assess your teaching, and I did the whole thing, and I thought, man, I did good. And I got the results, and I did not pass. I'd failed. Now, I'd passed on the teaching, and I'd failed on the skiing. And I remember someone telling me, oh, you're lucky. You pass on the teaching. The teaching is actually the harder part, the harder part to change. Skiing part, you'll get better. And I remember thinking, first of all, that's crazy. It's got to be way easier for me to learn how to teach than it is for me to learn how to ski. After all, I've been trying to learn how to ski for 15 years. And I've been learning how to teach for, I mean, not really ever on purpose. But anyway, I took that as some small solace and took the test again. Uh, two months later. And this time, I was paying super attention to how I was skiing. I was not confident about it. It's like, oh man, if I failed the last time, there's no way I'm passing this time. But I did my best. I showed up. And I ended up passing on both counts. And I talked to the instructors about it. And they said, no, you're, you're good. And there's a few things to take away from this. One is it's an example of the steps of learning. Right. The first one is the, the four broad steps. Unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. Conscious incompetence. You now know what you don't know. Conscious competence. You now know what you know. And then unconscious competence. You've now just internalized what you know, and it's on autopilot. And those four steps repeat themselves again and again and again as you move to different levels. And so what happened in skiing was it was an illustration of me making it up to the next level and seeing how much more there was for me to learn seeing um, how much i didn't know was actually a sign that i had gotten better too another one of the things i find interesting about this is the chatter that our mind engages in when we're in these types of things so for instance my mind was constantly talking to me while i was skiing like do this do that blah 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 but there have been other times where i've done something that other people find hard like talk to someone super important or senior and just been totally even and smooth and nonplussed 
or other times getting in front of people to talk where it's really not a big deal. And yet on separate occasions, I've tried to do those same things and thought, oh, I wonder if I might freeze up like other people freeze up here, but no, I never freeze up. But what if I did freeze up? And, and that those thoughts caused a little pause. And I was like, oh man, am I freezing up? And that thought caused another pause. And once or twice, actually, it did, there was enough positive feedback. And I don't mean that in the sense that it was positive, but in the sense where if you put a microphone next to a speaker, you get a really loud noise. There was enough feedback there that it caused me to actually freeze up. So our, our mind can help us and can hinder us so much. And and I just finished reading this book called Chatter, and it's about how to harness the power of the mind. One of the top tips he talks about in this book, Ethan Cross, is using distanced self-talk. So this is a way for you to manage your own chatter. And he gives the example of when LeBron had his decision and chose to leave Cleveland and go to Miami the first time around. And I forget what the exact quote was, but it was something like, well, LeBron James needs to do what's best for LeBron James. And and this is an example of distance self-talk. It's about speaking to yourself as if you were in the third person, as if you were someone else. And it helps give you a little bit of distance and a little bit of perspective on the emotions and on what's going on. And so I might have done that. Truthfully, this was so long ago, I can't remember. But Paul, you can do this. You just go down. You know how to ski. Just lean into it and don't hold back. Another example of the distance self-talk is you imagine advising a friend. And there's something pretty neat about this too that actually I see in coaching a lot. Like I'll talk to someone, the situation will be hopeless, don't know what to do, can't figure out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what would you advise a friend? They always know exactly what they would tell a friend. And so it's interesting how we feel differently about others and ourselves in that moment. Two other things to talk about. One is reframing something as a challenge. Now, on the one hand, this feels easier said than done. But if you break it down, as Ethan Cross does, he says, if we think we have the resources to handle something, it's a challenge. If we don't have the resources to handle it, it becomes a threat. I've seen examples of this in my own life. For instance, a few years back, I was going over to my parents' house for dinner, and they asked me to pick up something. Meanwhile, I just had a crazy week. There was so much going on. I was just trying to handle whatever it was I was doing. I was like, you need me to make a stop? I And I blew up a little bit. Now, what was actually a pretty reasonable request, like, can you pick up Axe? just I, I didn't feel as if I could do it. And it became a threat that I reacted to like a threat. So what do we take away from this? What's actually important is not whether we have the resources, because we usually do. What's important is whether we think we have the resources. And this also ties into a lack of control, because a lack of control will spike your chatter. And according to Cross, control requires the belief that one, I can exert my will, And two, the world is orderly and predictable. So in other words, when I exert my will, I can predict what will happen. And if we're feeling more in control, we're more likely to recognize that we have the resources. We're more likely to see something as a challenge. And this is where 
Atomic Habits by James Clear comes in again, because he talks about just building the habit, taking actions, and casting votes for who you are. When you make it a habit to exert your will, even in the smaller things, you build up a view of yourself, an identity of yourself as someone who can and does exert your will. And so you feel as if things are more in your control. And there's no need to start big. You can start really small. What's one little thing where you want to exert your will today? Me? I think I'm going to take a cold shower. Yes, it seems silly. Yes, it's unpleasant. But I always come out of there feeling refreshed and like a guy who can get things done, even though all I've done is just pick a temperature, dream big, and live bigger. Peace.